Hey there, educational rock stars. Are you feeling overwhelmed with lesson planning for your English language learners? Well, I've got some exciting news for you. Introducing our upcoming free webinar, Simplify Your Approach, Three Time-Saving Routines for ELL Success. Join me for a power-packed 45 minutes that's set to revolutionize your teaching strategy. In this webinar, we'll dive into three practical, easy-to-implement routines that will not only enhance your ELL teaching methods, but also save you hours of planning time. Yes, hours. So whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, these insights are tailored to help everyone make the most of their teaching time. Plus, you'll leave this webinar ready to implement these routines the next day. So mark your calendars for our two upcoming dates. I don't want you to miss this opportunity to transform your ELL lesson planning. To reserve your spot, simply sign up at www.equippingells.com slash routines. Trust me, your future self will thank you for it. I'll see you at the webinar. Teaching ELL students is a privilege and a joy. Is it easy? No way. But with the right support, you can feel empowered to tackle each day with ease and confidence. I'm your host, Beth Boucher, founder of Inspiring Young Learners. With over 10 years of teaching both nationally and internationally, I know what it takes to ensure that your ELL students have what they need to thrive today, tomorrow, and for life. I'm on a mission to empower you to equip your English language learners. Welcome to Equipping ELLs. Let's get to today's episode. Hey there, you're listening to another episode of the Equipping ELLs podcast. Now, as I'm recording this, you are either all done with this school year or you're heading into summer very soon. So I want to congratulate you on making it through, on showing up, on doing your best and trying to do what's best for your ELL students on growing and learning. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Today, I really want to sum up what we've been talking about for the last couple months here on the Equipping ELLs podcast. And that is taking small steps, doing small things that are going to make a big impact on teaching your English language learners. And it really just comes down to taking those small steps of seeing those small things you can do that are going to really help to impact your learners. So today we're going to do that. We're going to be celebrating some things we're doing, some things that you did this year. We're going to be looking ahead into next year and planning now just some things, some goals you want to set for yourself, both personally. And also I'm going to be sharing with you a Google survey, a Google form that I want to challenge you to share with your entire school, with the, with the teachers and staff in your school. And we're going to get to that in a minute. So today let's really just look at some personal growth that you've made, set some goals for yourself, and then look at how school-wide you can also help to see areas that have been going well and areas that you all can work on. So like I said, for the last five months, we've been walking through those small steps to take for the success of your ELLs. We've covered different roles in the school and how they can make shifts to impact their ELLs. We talked about co-teaching, comparing program models to figure out which is best, and so much more. So if you've missed any of those episodes... This summer is a great time to go back and re-listen to some or listen to some for the first time and really just get some insight into small ways you can make a big difference. Today, let's 
celebrate the small steps you've taken. And remember that at the end, I'm going to be sharing with you a free survey that we've created and put together so that you can share this with your school-wide staff and really get insight into how together you all can move forward. So let's dive in. I love this quote from James Clear. If you have not read Atomic Habits, this is one to put on your list for this summer's reading. It's one of those just hands down great books to get into that really just makes you think about your day-to-day in both your personal life, your teaching life, everything, and the habits you're doing that are either moving you forward or maybe not. But this quote from James Clear is always so helpful. He says, you don't have to be great to start, but you have to start to be great. There are some teachers that seem to be able to do it all. I'm not like that. And I have these same thoughts all the time, just as I am running this business, am I am I doing these podcasts, all these things of these mindsets of, you know, well, I'm not there yet. I'm not, I can't do all these things yet. And it's very limiting sometimes. And so I want to challenge you to really take a look at where you're at in your limiting beliefs. Because the truth is to teaching If we reflect, if we learn, if we take action, if we show up, we will become great. We will become better than we are right now. And so don't think that, you know, maybe you had a really rough year and you might think like, I, I'm not cut out for this. I can't do this. This is too much. Don't believe those limiting truths by showing up, by reflecting, by setting goals, you are going to be the teacher that your students need you to be. And so this is why it's really important at the end of the year to take some time to celebrate all the ways that you grew this year. Because in the rat race of teaching, you know, by the end, by this time of the year, we are just totally exhausted, rightfully so. There's been so much that's happened this year. There's so much probably going on just personally and also professionally. And so we are so ready for summer, but I want to challenge you before you shut down the computer for a couple of weeks um, and take the much needed rest and time you deserve it. I would want to challenge you to take just even a few minutes, half an hour to reflect on this year. So personally, what does this look like? Well, one way I love reflecting is doing a three, two, one. I love doing this with my students, but I also love doing this with myself. So what I want you to do is I want you to get out a piece of paper or pull up a Google doc. And I want you to write down, start with three. I want you to set the timer for 10 minutes and I want you to write down three positive things that happened this year. Three, maybe it's three things that you've improved on as a teacher. Maybe at the beginning of the year, a big struggle of yours was lesson planning. And maybe you really improved on that this year. And really you feel a lot more able and excited to set up lessons that your students are responding to and are meeting their needs. Maybe in those three things, you want to write down specific student stories. These are things that are so helpful in the future to look back and say, oh, I do remember this student that at the beginning of the year, they didn't speak any English. And now by the end, they're starting to get excited about learning more. They're responding. They're remembering words on their own. They're speaking in sentences. They're talking with their peers. They're making friends. Those are the things to write down because we think we'll remember them. But then as the school year picks up next year and things get going faster and there's new demands on your plate, we put those good things aside and we tend to focus on the negative things. Why do we do that? I don't know. So I want you to take the time to really reflect, set the timer for 10 minutes and write down three 
things that you are proud of that happened this year. Then move into two. Okay, so we have our three, two, one. And two, you're going to write just two things that you still were frustrated about, things that you want to improve on, things that didn't go well for you. Um, Maybe it's a specific group of students that were really difficult and you really just didn't crack the code this year on ways to meet them. Maybe it's a scheduling issue that really was really frustrating for you that left you feeling like you weren't, you were disjointed and weren't able to support your students and teachers as much as possible. Just really reflect on those frustration points and be honest with yourself. After you write those two things out, and then I, I love setting the timer and just letting myself flow. So maybe it's more than three and maybe it's more than two. That's totally fine. But sometimes when we just give ourselves space to say, okay, three things, I can come up with three things. Sometimes when we have that blank page, it feels a little daunting. So maybe it's more than two, but but be honest with yourself. I want you to just really get your thoughts out about this year. Maybe it's with a teacher that you really just didn't, you didn't work with well. Um, your personalities maybe clashed a little bit, or you you felt like every time you went in that classroom, you didn't really get to make the progress you were hoping because of that teacher dynamic. Be honest with yourself. Now go back through that list of frustrations and look at the ones that are outside of your control. And maybe just decide, you know, these are things that they're outside of my control. Maybe it's that you're going from to different schools. And so you just, you felt disconnected from connecting with teachers because you're traveling teacher. If that's how it's going to be for next year, that might not be something that you can change, but look for ways that you can control those situations that have been frustrational. If you're a traveling teacher, maybe this summer it's preparing for being a traveling teacher by getting a better teacher setup going. So maybe it's having a rolling cart that you can carry with you. And maybe you're going to focus on getting more organized with your paperwork, or maybe you're going to try to make as many things digital as possible. So that really, you just need your computer some whiteboards, and maybe a few activities. And that's what you can take from classroom to classroom. So it's looking at those frustrations, identifying what's out of your control that, yes, it still might be a frustration next year, but I'm going to just let that go. And then really honing in on what is in your control and planning now an action step you're going to take to help that be better next year. So Our one is going to be that one action step you're going to take. Because if you're like me, every summer would come and I would get these grand ideas that I was going to get all these things done. I'm going to reorganize my entire library. I'm going to get all my math centers set up now in the summer. I'm going to do this, this, and this. And even though most summers I did teach summer school, this was before kids, (laughs) I had more time. Even though I was in the classroom most of the time in the summer for at least a couple of weeks, I rarely made time for those things because it's summer. I needed the time to take off. I needed time to give myself, you know, that space to refresh, to recoup, to dream a little, to, um, you know, think about some of those bigger picture ideas that I'd always been reflecting on during the school year that I didn't have time for. So that's why I do want to challenge you to keep it to one action step that you're going to take this summer. So look at that list of the three good things that happened and maybe take those things and say, okay, next year, and you're already going to put those in place. Next year, I'm going to keep doing X, Y, Z because this went really well. 
There's not a lot of action steps you need to take on that because you've already implemented those things this year and they're going well. So put that on your list that you're going to keep doing that next year. Maybe you've been doing the speaking and writing warmups and that went really well this year. I, I hear from a lot of you just how easy those are and how well they are going. And we'll link those in the show notes because if you don't know what I'm talking about, they really are the easiest way to start supporting your ELLs and have them really focus on their listening, speaking, reading, and writing all in a few minutes every morning. So we'll link those in the show notes. So maybe you've been doing that this year. You're seeing that it's going really well. And for sure, next year, you're going to implement that. Just put that in your list and you don't really have to do anything about that now. But I want you to focus in on those frustration points and say, okay, if I, what's the biggest frustration I have and what can I do to be more set up for next year? And write down that action step and focus only on that this summer. Think of how accomplished you'll feel in August when you're heading back and you have focused on that one thing and you have a plan now in place. Maybe it's more focusing on co-teaching. Maybe it's going back and listening to some of our co-teaching episodes or um, reading some of the co-teaching books that we've recommended. Anything by Andrea Honingsfield is fantastic about co-teaching. So just go and check out, read one of her books. I'm going to get into some more professional development books coming soon. I'll share a little bit about that at the end, but really pinpointing that biggest area of frustration that you had this year and deciding now how you're going to tackle that. Maybe you you just sit on it and wait until August to tackle it. But if you can write that out now, you're going to be better set up because what happens is we take a couple of weeks off and we kind of forget how frustrating this area was for us. And so when we come back to school, we, oh yeah, that, yeah, whatever, that's okay. I, I'm going to be fine this year, but we don't put that action in place so that we are better off. So if it's, maybe it was not great communication with your administrator, maybe your action is as simple as having a meeting with your administrator before the school year ends and trying to align and trying to share those frustrations that you had or or share why you felt unsupported and, and some ideas for next year. Maybe it's, I know this is a big one for me, but maybe it's getting more organized with paperwork so that you're not feeling like all the time you're being pulled because you're looking through piles of papers for something you printed and now you can't find it. Or, you know, maybe it's just getting more set up with resources so that you're not Googling every night and spending all this time trying to pull lessons. If that's you, your action step is to come join us in Equipping LLs because it really will be that easy for you. If you're someone who's like spending tons of time Googling and looking for lessons, whether it's on TPT or anywhere else, if this is an area you want to work on, I promise you, join us in Equipping LLs. That is going to solve that problem for you easily and quickly. But those are just some ideas. Really look at what's frustrating you and plan one action step. I would love to hear what action steps you're going to take. You can send me a DM on Instagram, or you can join us in the Facebook group and chat more about it because we want to help hold you accountable to that action step. Or if we have resources that can help you with that action step, we will share those with you. Absolutely. Now, the second step of this is to, as a school, look at how you can improve for next year. And I know sometimes this feels really daunting and really overwhelming, but like I said in the first episode, back in the first episode of the series in January, you as the ESL teacher cannot bear the weight of being the only one supporting the ELLs in your school. You just can't. It cannot fall all on your shoulders. The only way that you will see a shift in the success of your students is when everyone from administration to the custodian 
get on board with doing their part to creating a welcoming environment for these students. And that's what really has been my heart throughout all of these episodes is to show the importance of everybody coming on board, everybody doing their part. So even if that means that for next school year, the secretary is going to have some printed materials with visuals in the students and the parents' native language. So they know when they come in to register their student, she is already going to have a printable with steps and visuals and translated. How much more powerful would that be for those families and students to connect when they come in? So it's just thinking ahead of how everyone can do some a few small things that's really going to bring a beautiful learning environment for your students and their families. So how do I think that you can do this best? Well, I think the best way is through a survey. And so we're going to share with you a survey that's already done because you don't have time to make one and that's okay. You can change things. You can add questions. You can delete questions, but we wanted to give you a framework so that you can at least send this out to your staff and get insight into the pulse of where your staff is at, because it's hard to really set goals until you know where teachers are coming from. A lot of times we assume, we assume, oh, you know what? The homeroom teachers really have not been wanting to do anything to support their ELLs. But maybe that's not the case. Maybe with the survey, you're going to see, you know what? Most of them would love to have more strategies. They just don't know where to go to ask, or they don't know how or where to find time to make this happen. So that's the first step is we want to remove any assumptions of where the staff is at. And we want to have a clear idea through the survey of where they're at, of feeling confident about supporting their ELLs, about ideas to support their ELLs, about what kind of support they want from the ESL teacher, just taking in different perspectives of the different roles in the school of how they see the the school being as welcoming to our multilingual families and how they see ways that they can make that better, you know, with in the lunchroom, maybe with, you know, I know it can be so frustrating sometimes for students who don't speak the language if they don't know what the what the food's going to be for that week or the menu for the week. So maybe they can do something with translating the menu. I mean, right now there's so much that's available with AI tools, with translation tools. If you haven't used Canva yet, Canva is a design tool and on it now you can take any graphic and and text and translate it into multiple different languages. So think if your school cafeteria workers are able to put in a menu for the week or for the month and then translate it so that the parents have that at their home and the students have that, you know, at home to know what's what the food is like each day. That's such a great way for students to know what's coming and what's happening in the cafeteria and what to expect with that. So there's so many little ways like that, even just if your school-wide goal is to set up talking points so that next year you have clear communication lines between teachers and parents of multilingual learners, that's a great action step to take that's going to make a big difference. So we're going to give you this survey and it's going to walk through things that you can reflect on, like the school environment, having materials in multiple languages, the school library. How many books do they have in other languages that are available? Um, we know the importance of reading for parents to read to students in their native language and build up their native literacy skills. So do you have classroom and library books that help make that possible? 
you know, having visuals, like I mentioned in the classroom, checking in how teachers are feeling with their students, our roles clearly defined. Those types of questions are so helpful to begin with, to know what steps to take going forward. So once you share the survey, the next step then would be to pull out some of that information, highlight strengths, celebrate the ways that the whole school has made some progress this year. And then doing the same thing that you are going to do personally, but just deciding, you know, what are those one or two ways that for next year, we can do a better job at creating welcoming environment for our English language learners that we can really make those small changes to help support them in their learning and decide then based off the survey, where you're going to go with that. You might send out the survey now, quickly look over it. And then in August, maybe you can ask the administrator, hey, could I have you know an hour of time to just share the results and decide a path forward and have some discussion around that? That could be doing things like a book club if teachers want more support or doing more push-in modeling and coaching. There's so many ways. It could be as simple as sending a newsletter a month with a new strategy. So start here though. I think it's really important that you do survey the staff and see where they're at so that you can really decide how it's best for you to support them with the limited time you have that's going to make the biggest impact. And that begins by knowing what they want. So we are going to give you our free auditing survey. You can DM me on Instagram with the word survey, and we will send that to you because we want to help you and your whole school get set up to really better support the ELLs in your school and help better serve them so that they can be more successful. Now, as you head into summer, I really want you to take some time and do the things that you love to do. I hope you're going on vacation or spending some time by the pool or doing something relaxing, spending time with your kids and your family. As you're doing those things, if you're someone that loves to dive into a good professional development book, Maybe each summer you pick one book to dive into while you are in luck. For the next couple of weeks, for the month of June, I'm having on the Equipping LLs podcast, a different author each week who's going to be sharing about their professional development book that they've written, and then just a ton of insight into why they wrote that book, um, how it's going to help you. So if, it's going to be kind of like a a book chat for the next month. And I'm so excited for you to hear this because these authors are so incredible. They're so passionate. Some are in the ELL space. Some are not. Some are more in just teaching in general. They're all teaching related authors, but I cannot wait for you to hear them. Next week, we're starting off with the incredible Emily Francis. And if you have not read her story yet, it is a must read. Um, You'll be brought to tears so many times and just hearing her and her passion on this next episode is it's just so inspiring. So that is where we're going to be starting. And then we're going to be heading into some other types of PD books. But if that is something that you like to do, make sure to listen in for the next month, hear from these authors directly um, as they share more insight into their passions and the books that they've written. And then if you're interested, you can go and pick up one of those books and read it this summer. So Thank you so much for being a listener here on the podcast episode. Thank you for just sharing how this has helped you this year. I'm so grateful and thankful to have this opportunity to be here, to walk with you along this journey as you support your multilingual learners. 
and stay tuned. We have so much in store for this next back to school year. We have been planning for months. Our team is working hard behind the scenes, but we have so much to provide you with, you know, some webinars coming up. We really want to give you the tools that you are looking for, that you need, that you desire to be the best teacher you can be for your English language learners this next school year. But in the meantime, enjoy your summer. Check out our author series that's coming for this month of June. And as always, if we can help with anything, don't hesitate to reach out. Thank you for joining me in today's episode. All links and resources mentioned can be found in the show notes. If you're looking for even more support and done-for-you resources created specifically for the needs of ELLs, head to inspiringyounglearners.com. I'll catch you here next week. Until then, take that next step to keep equipping your ELLs.